Cyril is right. Cyril is always right. It's not because the fabric is adored by the clients that Cyril is right. It's right because it's right. Because it's beautiful. Maybe one day you'll change your taste, Alma. Maybe not. Maybe you have no taste. Maybe I like my own taste. Yes, just enough to get you into trouble. Perhaps I'm looking for trouble. Stop! KRUI, Iowa City, this is Bijou. Enter. What's up, guys? Hello. No one, no one responded for a second. I was scared there. I was scared I was alone in the I studio. Did. You are. I, I, I was <laughs> I had my headphones up too loud, so when you came in, you blew out my ears. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you j <laughs> try, like, messing with the cord or turning up the volume or something. Hey, Sean, you've done this before, all right? Yeah. You should know. You're, you're a pro, so I thought. All right, so... Uh, everyone go around, introduce yourself, and say a fun fact about you. I'll start. I'm Nate Corey, and I'm wearing a baseball jersey from my freshman year of high school right now. Uh, I'm Deshaun. Uh, little thing about me, I did not know I was going to be on the show until like ten minutes ago. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm Molly Bagnall. I, my fun fact is I have a special affinity with birds. That's true. It's true. I in my lifetime, my twenty year lifetime, I have picked up three birds. Give them were fully grown. That's three a lot birds of birds. Yeah, and they and they just sit in my hand. They birds love me. You might call her a lady bird. You might. <laughs> one call back. one might <laughs> uh, I'm uh, Jack Howard and I'm currently drawing random geometric shapes. All right. That was your fun fact? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got a fun fact that will blow you all away. Okay. Uh, my name is Sam McCrory. Um, this is the fun fact I give every every year when uh, when they're like, well, what was your name and your major and, and, uh, and a fun fact about yourself? Um, my I have a wingspan that's longer than my oh. height. So traditionally, your, traditionally your wingspan is, is uh, usually around your height. Yeah. Right. I'm 6'3". My wingspan is 6'6". Six, six. You should play mm. basketball. So you're taller, I did play sideways. basketball. Yeah. 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 Traditionally, taller, humans sideways. have arm spans. <laughs> yeah. What? Humans have arm spans and well, not wings. Okay. Well, well, okay. And the, 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 <laughs> this is where I'm going with my, my point. So, and me and uh, my boss were looking at basketball players who were who are who are my age, and there was a basketball player who was four inches taller than me, but I have a longer wingspan than him. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I first NBA I said, draft me up. <laughs> I thought you said wink span, like you would just wink for a really long time. That's a fun fact. <laughs> that is the funnest of them all. And a special shout out to my mom, who's our in-studio audience hey. for this episode. Hey. Our first episode. Hey. Is, is, is there a fun fact you want to wanna shout out? Okay. <laughs> Great. Uh, let's get started. Who's got the intro for Okja? Okja. Um, so Okja is a 2017 yes. film. Um, Korean-American film, South Korean um, Bong Joon Ho, I believe, is the director's name. Um, <clears throat> it stars a young Korean girl whose name I do not know off the top of my head. Mija. Mija. Oh, yeah, that's her character's name. Yes. Um, I'm not sure what the actress' name is. Um, <laughs> Ansoo Young. Ansoo Young is the actress's name. Yeah, and it stars a young girl named Mija who lives in South Korea, assumably. Um, and she has this. She's raising this super pig. And part of this, uh, it's kind of the the company is Mirando, kind of like a, a play on Monsanto sort of thing. Um, 
and the, the Monsanto Mirando company is breeding super pigs and then they, they put them all across the world and we we meet um, Mija and her super pig Okja and um, Okja is taken away from Mija to to be um, the, the number one pig super pig so we follow her kind of tugging war between the ALF which is an, an, an animal rights kind of um, corporate not corporation but kind of group and um, the Mirando people who are trying to get Okja um, to New York City while the ALF are trying to get her back to Mija so we kind of go there and there and it's 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 Second week in a row, we're doing a Netflix original. So, um, but great cast. Um, you want to say the, the, act, the young actress's name again? An So Hyun. <laughs> An So Hyun. Um, she is the leading role. The great cast. Um, it's, it probably she's relatively new. I want to say. I, I don't, I've never seen her anything else. I I imagine she's a, um, probably new. an actress in South Korea and obviously, obviously not. relatively new to American audiences. Very, yeah. yeah. Uh, but obviously not really. Um, New to American audiences, we have Tilda Swinton, Jake Gyllenhaal, Stephen Yun, Paul Dano, um, just to name the few. Lily Collins. Gian, Lily Collins is Giancarlo in it. Esposito. He's in it as well. <laughs> yeah. Lily Collins, I did not know, I did not know Lily Collins was going to be in that until the end. She, her and her um, pink hair kind of threw me off. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's Lily Collins. Cool. <laughs> Righteous. <clears throat> so what did yes. you guys think? I really liked the film. I thought it was cool, Why? good. Um, <sighs> I thought it was... Speak more. It was interesting uh creative take on like storytelling about the meat industry was really interesting i described it to my friend as a fictional food ink true yeah 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 well for the for the first say what 45 minutes of the movie it's basically like a studio ghibli like hanging out with animals movie. oh i could have watched i could watch i I, (laughs) when i was watching this i was like this is so entertaining like this pig is so fun to look at yeah and i I remember like seeing a like little clip featurette about how they did the like the cgi kind of um work with the movie and it was really really interesting um and i was like i could just watch this pig just splash around and just fart all the time like i I, I could watch another hour of this um but no it's great i loved it a lot and oh my god the ending ugh I literally should, should we ruin the ending? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I mean the, we the should part, talk about that more part that got first. me was just like when the 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 mom and the, the dad pig like oh, shoved yeah. their baby shoved the baby pig away. I was like heart wrenching. I'm, I'm gonna cry in my in my apartment right now. <laughs> yeah, because the the second half of the film basically it turns into a thriller, yeah, um, like a, 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 a chase thriller. Yeah, um, with with one particularly great scene in a was it in like a subway? in south korea yeah. mm-hmm. with the where, where there's all this destruction and the the cgi pig just interacts with the world like so well um kind of like how bong did in his uh, movie the host the an earlier monster movie that he did which is also um it has really great chase scenes with cgi monsters and the cgi the cgi work is incredible yes in yeah mm-hmm. Sean? oh okay uh so it's I saw Okja when it came out, so I'm trying to remember um, everything about it. I remember enjoying it. Um, it's a good start. Was Isn't this the director who did Snowpiercer? Yeah, it or, is. Okay. Uh, I enjoyed it because it was, like, different. Like, Snowpiercer was very graphic, and this movie, it had a lot of, I guess, themes that weren't pleasant. It still felt like, like, you said, like, a Studio Ghibli film. I've actually never put that together, but I thinking about it, it does, you know, bring me back to those type of films, like my neighbor, neighbor Totoro? Yeah. My neighbor Totoro. Totoro? Excuse you. Sorry. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I remember really liking Jake Gyllenhaal's performance. Um, Please talk more about Jake Gyllenhaal. It was, I don't, at first I didn't know it was Jake Gyllenhaal because I didn't like read uh, who was in it. 
I was for a second. I was like, "Is that who I think it was?" Because it, he he was doing a voice he's never done before. Oh yeah. yeah, it was weird. Crazy. He he has two voices that he see almost randomly switches between, like his like it's, yeah, normal it's, it's, Jake Gyllenhaal voice, and then like a super high pitched, well, annoying. It, I, I, I think it was like his normal Jake Gyllenhaal voice. It was almost like his like TV personality. voice. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. It, 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 like, like in like a Nightcrawler when he had like the very like <sighs> greasy voice. It, it's like kind of that. Okay. But, but then along with like a like he like <laughs> he like talks in the back I of his love throat, animals. and he just screams everything like i and he's like very like it's weird it's very his, his character i mean he's not in it for a long but he when the scenes he's in it he does kind of steal the show and i'm like for me at least i'm a huge huge jake gyllenhaal fan like love me some jake gyllenhaal. if i could pick him if i if i could pick one man to just and that's actually a point to, wait to what just marry everything <laughs> that, that's the point i, I, I saw a look in your eyes those performances because the movie itself has like uh, dark themes, but I liked how Jake Gyllenhaal's performance and also Tilda Swinton's performance is like goofy. Yeah, it's super goofy. But it yeah. doesn't like deter what the meaning. Like at first when I watched the film, I thought it was about like uh, not eating meat and all that stuff. But then I read online that the director was talking about how it was about corporations more of like overproducing. Uh, so it wasn't really like, especially since the main character, I'm pretty sure she was eating chicken. It wasn't like a whole oh, yeah, yeah. meat thing. It was more like a don't be greedy with all your stuff. But also, and don't, don't eat, meat. eat meat. <laughs> yeah, are any of you guys vegetarians? Yes. Yes. I all three not. of you are? I am not. Yes. Nate, Molly, and Jack are. <laughs> For the record. <laughs> For the record. Full disclosure. I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those where I've, where I've seen... Uh, I have seen Food Inc. And I've, I've seen like these some of these documentaries that like expose the food industry and like, you know, supersize me and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't know. This one, it, I mean, I, I'm, I've tried not to eat meat, and it's very, very tough. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys are all from Iowa, but I mean, being from Iowa and, and being raised on, like, pork and beef and, like, hot dogs and stuff like that, it's very hard to, like, you probably have greater wills than I do, but uh, it's very hard for me to, like, stop eating meat. But, no, it, I think Deshaun makes a good point about how it's 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 not about, you know, be a vegetarian. It's it's a, it's about, you know, the it's almost like the the factory, you exactly, the, the just the systematic. Okay. Kind of I I think they're one and the same personally yeah. because like the whole the wholeness of the meat industry is because it's become so corporatized and industri industrialized and that's why they have to be mean to the animals like right. it, it's like both are hand in hand in my opinion right also I don't maybe I since I'm already a vegetarian this is like a skewed perspective but I don't imagine watching this film and then being like oh boy I'm getting ready yeah, to dig into a juicy dog. steak mm -hmm. a hot no, no. dog because I it just I definitely feel guilty eating meat after watching this film, so. Yeah. Right, and yeah, the, kind of what Nate was saying, it's kind of like both. Like the corporation is obviously bad because they're only after profits and because yeah. they're only after profits, they don't see the horrible atrocities they are um, committing. And also what I thought, it, what I think is interesting in the film in regards to meat eating is the difference between how Mija eats meat, like in her um like at her home in, in like the mountains of South Korea where like they eat like chicken stew and like they use like the own chickens that they raise or they might yeah. buy something from like somewhere else. more cultural. And they live in like a rural existence versus like the corporation where they just have thousands of these pigs that just live in complete like squalor and then they get prodded in and then they get shot. Mm -hmm. and, like there's such a juxtaposition there between like a natural environment where like you're raising the food that you are going to kill and eat versus like 
the american kind of corporate corporation where like you just see people like blindly grabbing like sausages and like stuffing them in their mouths and like it's kind of gross but also perfectly captures like the essence of like american like consumerism in like a really goofy like hyperbolic way yeah it's really cool well and that's part of what i like about uh bong jun ho is that he doesn't let you have an action movie without like social commentary being in your face and he's he's not like subtle about it mm -hmm. in any of his movies i mean snowpiercer is so obviously about class and um exploitation of labor and then like the host is about the american influence in south korea and you know like he he's always like forefronts these issues while also giving you a super goofy um like fun action movie that's well made and i i think um is a little bit messier with like tone than his other movies um like there's the like the jake gyllenhaal character as the movie goes on it feels like it doesn't fit to me. Well, yeah, he, he, he just gets so villainous, right? Well, well he does. And you're like when you're like, we're this, we're this. Starts breaking down. And yeah, I feel like that justifies. But like it's it's well, it's it's, it, it's ridiculous. It's, kinda, it's, it's not, it's not dumb, like dramatic like, at all. Said, yeah, it's, it is kind of dumb. Also, because his voice is so high pitched. <laughs> but like, it's just like this guy who loves animals so much and has said, I mean. You can't see a guy who's been with animals all his life, and, and I mean, he probably you know was doing some bad stuff to animals in the lab. But like, this kind of made me like think about also too about like studio, um, you know, corporation like not like Steve Irwin types, but like you know those those type of um, I know I, I love Steve Irwin too, but like <laughs> you will no not slander. solely the name of Steve Irwin. I'm not in this slamming. House. I <laughs> I had a crocodile hunter like everything, so. Um, but no, this it, it made me think about like these 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 TV personality. Um, animal people and i was like I, I don't think like someone like a woman that would would do would get stuck in a situation like this and that's why i feel like his character was kind of surprised I, that, that's what we think about it. i'm like i'm like are there people like are there some tv personalities <laughs> who do this weird stuff but i don't know it, it seemed kind of yeah like i agree with it. it seemed a little bit forced like he would do something that, that that just to get back at his corporation what i thought with the jake gyllenhaal character is i think it could have been really great but it's there's not enough it's not like a fully fledged enough character no he's just you there know? for comedic yeah he's just there for comedic value and then so that makes like the really villainous turn when like he is doing all these awful things to okja like really like jarring and like like uncomfortable because they have like they haven't really explained this character's like psyche beyond like you being comedic yeah. relief yeah. and then also his character is really just kind of dropped like you don't well yeah because like like after like you know everything with like the super pig competition goes like awry you never see him again and not that you need to it just felt awkward just after because he gets kind of gets away with like you never even hear about like all these bad things he did to okja yeah and it's never brought up again so like well why did those even happen like what what's the point well i thought that they didn't explain much to either but like why he was so i mean like obviously Tilda Swinton's character yelled at him. He's like, he's being like almost, he's not, he's not the face of Miranda anymore. But like, I feel like they didn't dive deep enough to like why he was so angry. I mean, like, obviously he was angry that he got dropped, but I feel like they didn't do enough to there. He's just like, he's just angry just to be angry. Yeah. And it, he's just so in your face that like, I don't know. It just, it totally throws me off. And I like, I enjoyed watching it, but I think it's maybe the worst performance ever by anyone in anything. Did you know <laughs> No, I, that was that was hyperbole but okay like it's it's just i i just don't think it I, I think it works in spots but it's just it's so in your face to not be yeah not have more done with it yeah mm -hmm. but so i mean like speaking on that like kind of the sinister and the more kind of corporate part like obviously giancarlo esposito's character I, there's not really i don't think a lot to say about his i mean he's he has a couple maybe like less than 20 lines but i thought Tilda Swinton's character was really was really 
kind of the opposite of what we're talking about, where, where Jake Gyllenhaal's character isn't fledged out as much. But I thought Tilda Swinton's was very fledged out, and yeah. her, her bringing on that dual role was really great. And especially seeing her, her, you know, the ten year like two thousand seven performance where she's in the beginning giving that kind of big monologue with the braces, with the braces, which that I thought was, was hilarious. So, that that was such, that is such a good opening to the movie. And, like, and it really, was so, and great. it sets up her character too as like this person who's like kind of living in the shadow of her mm-hmm. her father and her sister, and she's like kind of. And you, I mean, when you think of braces, I think of like middle school kid, mm-hmm. right? And you kind of think of that, you know, her as this kind of behind the scenes, not like just not really there. And she was never really like the CEO. Right. Um, but I think her, her and again, I feel like we don't, we don't, we don't see her demise well. Like her, her build up is so good. And she, we kind of get her this, this really well developed character. And then once, um, Lucy Nancy. is Nancy. Nancy is Nancy her twin is, sister. Is, and Lucy is, her, is yeah. the original. Yeah. And once Nancy comes in, you don't really see her like fall Ever. from grace. Yeah. Well, this is what I got from watching the movie. I heard her stuff about like different endings for it. I enjoyed that there wasn't like the who the bad guys lost because that wasn't really the main thing. The main thing was about finding Ocha and that was the end goal. So I felt like it was like a bittersweet ending. So rather that everything's okay, you got Ocha back and also like the AFL they regrouped at the end at the like the post credit scene. Mm-hmm. So I felt like that was more realistic, and it was still uplifting. It was still kind of sad, especially like he brought up the pigs with the little baby pig that was walking. Everybody. I don't know. For some reason, like I did not get an uplifting. I mean, it's uplifting at the end, but like all I get, what we, me and my roommate were watching. He he only watched like the half, the last half of it, and he was like, "Wait a minute!" So all those pigs are just like. Out, like the, no one came in and like sanctioned them or anything right, or like yeah. did anything about it. I was There's like, only one pig that's saved. Right, yeah. yeah. I, I, got, I just got this bad like feeling in my gut. I was like, yeah, like one got away, but like all those Millions. other ones are just yeah. getting just murdered. And like, right. yeah, it's just like, I don't know. I mean, there is a bittersweet, there's a, there's a sweet ending, but there's also like a very, very bittersweet. You're like, you kind of. Right, and there's like that line that. It's like um, a sour punch, sour patch kid. <laughs> <laughs> like that Nancy says at the end, where, like where the. PR person or assistant to the company says like, well, no one's gonna want to like buy it after all of this. After like the huge event like blew up. Oh, and, like, this is so true. The footage, yeah. and then and then she said, if it's cheap, they'll eat it. Yeah, which That's is so like, true. True, oh and also like it was so jarring because like it's it's like such a passing line. Like she says mm-hmm. it as she's like walking, then like it quickly quickly cuts away. But like it is true, and I think the ending kind of just serves to that. Even though the a the. I was about to ALF. say the AFL. That's not. That's not. It's not the American Federation of Labor. The, AL, the ALF. American Football League. Um, they, even <laughs> though they goodness. kind of like exposed uh, Miranda for like the horrible atrocities they're committing and like up against these animals, like no one's gonna care in like a week. They're gonna forget about it. No, no, and which is like, which is also why it's so sad. And I did a project. Not I did a, like a we. Did, I figure we, we did like a research project on something in high school. And I decided to do mine on like fast food marketing and fast food, just how, how fast food kind of comes back from like bad scandals like this. And I was doing so much research and then I realized I was like, no one cares. Yeah. That's so true. Like, like remember the whole, like uh, the pink slime thing with chicken McNuggets stuff yeah. like that? Like, like people still eat chicken nuggets. Like that did no damage to their reputation yeah. at all. But it reminds me of, um, I just watched face in the crowd um, for class where it's this figure who's, um, like who becomes a t- reality TV star and then he starts running for office and it's like very Trump Trumpian and um, he's like a huge jerk off of set. But then like on when the camera rolls, he's supposed to be like country nice. And um, 
like the at the end of the movie is someone leaves like the camera on while he's being a huge jerk on set, and then like he has no fans anymore. Set and classic, it, like his hands still on the PA kind right, of thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, but then it's like, but that's not true. Like, I mean, Trump. We've found like there's several, um, Inst- several recordings of, of him, him being, being way jerk. worse than that. Yeah. And then the guys in the movie, and nobody cares. Yeah. Well, I mean, people care, but not enough to not make him president. It's one of those. And I think I mean we could obviously the, the and it all comes down to like what Molly said in the say in the movie is too is it's cheap, right? Mm-hmm. It's you know fast food's never going to go away if you can get you know. A McDouble for a dollar fifty nine or something like that. I mean, it's right. never going to stop because you know people. I mean, it, it it whatever bad it does, it feeds people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I see a lot of homeless men. There, there's a big homeless population. Not a big, but for Iowa City, it's fairly big. That's just post out in front of McDonald's mm-hmm. on Riverside Drive because you know if they get money, they can go to McDonald's. They got that one two three deal where you can get something for a dollar, something for two dollars, and then that's your meal. And I mean, that's just you know that's we talked about that's just American consumerism where you just it's never going to stop. It's been going on since the 60s and it'll mm-hmm. go on till the sun explodes. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Jax has been whispering comments into the mic. I don't have anything Okja. to say about Okja except I think the movie poster reminds me a lot about uh, the uh, album cover for Animals by Pink Floyd. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Any any closing thoughts on Okja before we get into I Film of the Year, seeing, Phantom Thread? Uh, I think the characters are brilliant. Like... I think what made this movie really strong for me is like the characters, like Tilda Swinton's character is um, is really great. Paul Dano's character is really great. Uh, An Seo Hyun's character is like lovable and wonderful. And yeah, so even though it's like kind of like an action film, it still has like these like goofy, lovable, hateable characters, which I think is quickly disappearing from like really mainstream. Holly, like Hollywood films and stuff like action movies that still have characters you can like grasp onto and like relate to and like actually like feel like you know them it's good I liked it you should watch it yeah it was a generally enjoy I mean like again if I if you want to you know I gave the analogy of it, it's a fictional fooding so if I mean if you're if you if you've seen this or if you if you take our recommendation and like it I mean obviously if you're interested in if you can stomach you know another movie kind of like this where it's very you know intensive heavy themes I mean you can go watch all those documentaries food inc you know supersize me and all those if, kind of fast food if you're vegetarian and you're thinking about cheating and eating like a hamburger <laughs> or something watch this movie Don't. and it'll convince you not to and eat a salad instead too true too true <clears throat> all right jack you're on deshaun you're out get out of the studio well <laughs> unless you have anything if you, you can say anything else you want to but no it was a good netflix movie i really liked it <laughs> yeah sweet yeah have you, not, have you not seen phantom thread no you should you should cover your ears while we're talking about it yeah very like looney tunes style <laughs> yeah no go go chat with my mom i'll okay. say or else okay. <laughs> i'm leaving thank you for having me yeah of course being on. you'll uh, i'm sure we'll see you again no, you won't. this semester <laughs> oh no, <you> okay <laughs> right. you'll never see you some <laughs> never see me. some dance marathon goon is gonna Take him into a back closet and be like, Why are you on the third floor? <laughs> yeah. Coming in here was a big surprise. Some guy was just like, Stop. I, I was like, I have a radio show I gotta do. Yeah. He's like, Okay. Yeah, I work on the third floor and it's been craziness all day. And I tried to go to the bathroom, like, You can't go here. I'm like, I work here. Please get out of my way. Workers' rights. <laughs> no, it was it was interesting getting up here. I, uh, Shout out to everyone at Dance Marathon right now. Yeah, sure. 
Why not? Cool. Yeah, sure. <laughs> not, not that they're listening because they're dancing. Hey, what if that was <laughs> maybe they're dancing right to now? us? <laughs> yeah. What if what if the only radio they can play is Gary Wags's University Domain? We have to talk more rhythmically. <laughs> yeah. I really think the Phantom. Th- oh wait, that's just fast. That was, I really sorry. think that Phantom Thread was a great film this year that you should really see. <laughs> Someone's gonna drop it back. Wow. Too. <laughs> boom. Chick, chick. Fire mixtape. All right, Phantom Thread. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's new film. Um, set in 1950s London about the fashion industry, kind of, but not really. Um, Reynolds Woodcock, played by Mr. Daniel Day-Lewis. Reynolds Jeremiah Woodcock. True. Um, and Alma, played by Vicky Creeps. Cripes? I think it's Cripes. Cripes. Yeah. Cripes. Um, Cripes. Cripes. What else has she been in? Not, That's all I can think of the whole Luxembourgian films. I'm, I, Her face looks so recognizable, though. I'm on she her. Looks I'm on her like IMDb Meryl page. Streep. She was in Hannah. She was a supporting character in Hannah, the um, Joe Wright film. And all the titles in my computer are in French, so I can only read some of them. Hannah, there you go. Hannah. Hannah. Um, and for me, this is. You guys are bashing. Not bashing. You guys are bashful about this, and 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 on the on the uh, the meeting, you're all over the moon about oh, this. Yes. I was like, oh, I'm excited. Yeah. This is this is. My film of the year, unless you count Twin Peaks, and then I'm I'm not sure. But the, yeah, this is definitely the best film. And I'm excited. Of I'm excited to listen to what you guys why you guys like it so much. I mean, I lo- I liked it. I wouldn't say it's my favorite film of the year though. But well, you're about to find out. Persuade um, me. Well, uh, I think that this is um, both something that Paul Thomas Sin has never done, but also um, like a deepening of some of the techniques he's used in his uh, other later movies. And because this is basically only only has three main characters yeah, and they're all in that in one house for 75% of the movie. And most of his movies, you know, are, have a huge canvas and are all across America throughout time, you know, all this, um, all these things. But this movie is very, very close centered around Alma and Woodcock, like throwing it down WWE style, but with really petty comments <laughs> to each oh, other. I loved it. Um, and I, I, I've described this to my friends as kind of vertigo, but as a rom-com. Um, and I think that that's, that's what I'm going to start with. What about you guys? I thought this film was absolutely amazing, riveting, wonderful. I never been done before. Never been done before. (laughs) Amazing. Groundbreaking. (laughs) I on thesaurus.com. I, it's, it's a toss up for me between Ladybird and this film, just cause like Ladybird hit such a personal note for me. But like this film is just, it, it like, like it took my insides and my gut and then like just <laughs> twisted it for two and a half hours. And I was just like sitting on, I was in the like one of the front couches of film scene, like just could not sit still, writhing. Like had my legs above my head, yeah. <laughs> fell was, on the floor. This could, was completely a visceral experience. Yeah. Side, like, side note: I don't know how you guys can sit in those front couches. I can't do it's it. It's amazing. It's I awesome. can't just be it's, like, it's my preferred method. I, 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 I want to look neck. up. I wanna and because we're on the radio, the, 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 the thing I'm doing is I'm, I'm leaning back very, very far. <laughs> very yeah, dramatically. This, this, is, this is a good bit. I don't want to have to go to the chiropractor. I know, right? Okay. Watch See, but I, I like to look up at the screen like it's like a god. You know, cine, uh, cinema is a polytheistic religion, as Jean Epstein would say. I, Why can't we be on the same level as guys <laughs> <laughs> and just look at the Have you ever seen Rodel Dorado? Position. I want I want Daniel Day Lewis's head to <laughs> literally <envelop> me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did have uh, this. Is yeah, his, his hair is on fleek. His hair was movie. fantastic. 
I'm his stubble <laughs> was great. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis was hot in this film. He's, he's 60. hot in basically every movie. He's 60 and got it. <laughs> but I, 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 I thought you were into Jake Gyllenhaal. I am. Both. Boo boo. If you're listening in, Jake Gyllenhaal. He's he's Daniel Bay Lewis. Oh my god. Mind. But I love this film. It was it was so Why? it was so pretty, and um, just based off of the trailer, uh, I was going into the movie thinking the subject matter was going to be a bit dry. Yeah. But it it um, it just so engaging throughout its its two hours and ten minutes, and I think it's commendable that like. like I always think it's commendable when a film can be that uh, engaging for so long, and I always I thought I sat, I found some like syntheses of a lot of uh, things I've seen in the in the Paul Thomas Anderson movies that I've seen. I haven't seen all of his films. I'm working on it, but I, I saw. <laughs> I mean, it. I mean, like it was Hitchcockian, but it also drew upon like in my mind, just like the awkwardness of like the romance that he's done with the past with like punch drunk love. Yes. Uh, and he. But he, like. But in, like instead twisted, of sweet and like childish, it's yeah. like instead of sweet talk, it's 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 gross and contemptuous, yeah. but also like really oddly touching. Like yeah, how it's, it's a way more equal relationship than in Punch Drunk Love because Punch Drunk Love is mostly about Adam Sandler like pining after yeah. her and having to learn his own lessons yeah. in order to like accept her and for her accept him. But this here, is about them at each other. But yeah, Alma and, yeah. and Woodcock are like like Woodcock's met his match. And like he oh, doesn't yeah. know He's how like, to deal with it, and this he just girl be, and her mushrooms, and, and he just gets so pouty. <laughs> oh my god! Right? And he's a brat. But he's just such but, a but, brat. But the thing is, he, he's not. He doesn't get pouty because he's he met is his pouty. match. He is pouty. He's a baby. <laughs> I know. Like, yeah. The, and she the, says she that. exasperates. She says right. that in the movie. She's like, Woodcock is such a baby. He's yeah. Such a big. And I, I literally said that. I said that to someone uh, after the film. I was like, I cannot get over how much of a baby this guy yeah. was. And I thought like that was where the, a lot of the comedic came from is when he's just like sitting there. The breakfast scenes so had funny. me dead. Fantastic. I was like, like so that's funny. that's literally me when I'm, like when everyone's like doing anything like remotely, and I'm like, you're ruining <laughs> right. my entire day, madam. Or like at the, it's like towards the end when, when like one of game. his clients like goes to another fashion house oh, to yeah. have a dress made, and his sister's like, well, why are you playing? Like, it hurt my he's feelings. Like, hurt my feelings. It hurt my, my feelings. And like that is so like. Accurate chic. to like a man baby, chic. like a man child <laughs> who has his feelings hurt and he thinks the world stops because someone hurt his feelings and he feels sad. And yeah, it's like their backgammon game. Was oh perfect. god, he's like, I think the dice have rolled themselves enough or something yeah. like that. No, I think I think that's partially what's so brilliant about this film is that most um, stories about artists that we get, especially from people who are considered you know auteurs like Paul Thomas Anderson are very serious where even if they're troubled even if they're jerks like you understand them and you think they're brilliant and you think you know it's it's good that they're a jerk because it makes helps them make good art but yeah. in this movie that's so not true he's mm -hmm. just a petty baby who like makes the women in his life do everything for him right and like that's the only reason why he can focus on his art and he just yeah i don't think you're even supposed to think that he's brilliant you're supposed to think that he's like good at what he does but like and it's almost not worth it, it yeah. for how how right. much of a jerk he is! I, right. I also loved the character of Cyril because uh, I think oh, yeah. I think she definitely acted as like a counter. Well, not like a counter, but just also like someone to sort of like measure uh, measure Daniel Day Lewis or like bring Woodcock. him bring him like yeah, down bring him to down. reality. Yes, I got a like mad like older sister vibe from her. Would yeah. you say she was an older sister? Yeah, like a, yeah. like a sibling rivalry. Well, I, yeah. she, she literally is his older sister. Well, right? Yeah, did they, did they mention that? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, just going off Jack's point there. I, I, I after the film, I was just like. 
because we, we were talking about like what what's Cyril's position in like the house of Woodcock, and we I mean she's kind of like you know she's the bookkeeper right sort of we you can kind of say she's the, yeah she's she, the bookkeeper. she like manages and everything yeah she manages yeah. the business like he does like he, he does makes the, the dresses he does like a lot of like the artistry and then she like she makes sure that the clients are like there makes sure that the clients get the dresses does the books because does the accounting makes wrangles all the employees yeah. and and he's just like the, the walks around who... and yells at people for buttering their toast too loudly <laughs> yeah and uh <laughs> no and no, we were you i was trying to see him like make a dress for longer than like five minutes I know, right? They're so he does not do like so i was expecting daniel day lewis to do so much more sewing in this film well because he, he learned how to like yeah he he actually sewed a designer dress method man. in preparation and then you see him sewing like twice <laughs> barely i feel like carrying like a recording device with me like like a recorder and headphones and whenever i'm just spreading butter on my toast just like putting it next just for like asmr effect or something. yeah and that's a good point to bring about like i thought this, like the sound editing and like yeah, the, the sound quality great. so uh, I, I, was it nominated for any sound awards Probably Johnny not. Greenwood got best score. That's uh, not yeah. like. Oh, we, 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 I mean, we can talk about the score, but Johnny Greenwood's score. We, let's talk about sound editing first, and then we can talk yeah. about score. There's just so much to talk about this, um, but no, this the sound editing and the sound just mm-hmm. like the Foley effects the, are just so good. The, the like what gets me about this movie, and then also this happened in uh, the Beguiled, is the sound of like shoes on uh, like in ooh. on the floor. Oh, the it's wood. like so satisfying. Every and door also, it slams. Yeah, oh. and yeah. and you know exactly like what kind of house it is, and like the era, and like what it feels like to be in a house like that, just by the sound but it's that different. it makes. It's different from the Beguiled than because I remember when we when I when I saw the Beguiled, I was very confused because I'm like they did not set up this house good enough, right? Because. Right. I was very confused in the beguiled when what's his name? Yeah, Colin right, Farrell. Like, you don't to, know the layout. You don't, of the you don't house. know the layout of the house, and this is what the, I think Paul Thomas Anderson does well, which was, kind of goes back to our first point, which is something he hasn't done before. Is this very enclosed space, and I we we know the inner workings of this house sort of, and it's very, I liked it a lot, and it's is is very trapped, and the cars, everything, all the car scenes were very. He's like in the tiniest car imaginable. <laughs> the car, car scenes. scenes the car really scenes awesome. were like being on a roller coaster. I'm like, oh, man, this so guy drives fast. I should say, I've never seen a, a car in a movie drive like that. That was, and I don't even know what was so they, different. They about must it. have been like, they must have been following it and then like almost like double taking like the, the woods going back, like speeding the know. woods the, the, up there's faster. There's the one car scene, and I, I don't know if there's more than one scene where this happens, but it's him and Alma driving and you see like all the trees on the outside because so usually gorgeous. you just see like the two people like in the car like yeah. the one person in the car like you see the trees and like they're lit up from the headlights and then like they go into town and then you see all the buildings lit up by the headlights it's so, it, so good it reminded me of this one shot that's in like the uh pilot episode of twin peaks where they're like driving through the forest really slowly and you can see like these like blue tinted trees like on the side mm-hmm. it's just like such a cool shot also in the in vertigo there's there's scenes like that in vertigo when they're driving yeah to the um mission mm-hmm. which this i mean it's just mentioned before this film is pays homage to vertigo in various ways and Incidentally, the first time I saw the trailer for this film was in 70 millimeter when I went to go see vertigo at the music box theater in chicago and very fitting. Very fitting. Very fitting. But also, when I first saw the trailer, I thought it looked really boring. And I was like, I don't get that big hubbub of this movie. The trailer <laughs> looks like it's literally the most boring film ever. And then when I saw the trailer again, I'm like, this movie looks amazing. And that's like, and that's one of the things that, you know, that's that's the, the brilliance of Paul Thomas Anderson coming through. Like, what a boring, like, when you, when you boil this movie down to, like, its subject matter, like, this is boring. Like, <laughs> it's just a guy who so stresses. Like, that's not the most exciting thing on the planet. And, like, yeah, I mean, they go through some, some tribute, like, some rough patches in their relationship like that's a lot of movies but like he makes it so and the dialogue i'm like i want to talk like that 
Right. Yeah. I want to talk like that. Like I, I, when I left calling by your name, I was like, I want to wear short shorts and big shirts and smoke <laughs> cigarettes. And that there's me. I'm like, I want to just be very refined and then just throw a casual F bomb in there once in a while. Like that's what I want to do now. Yeah. And, and it's not like forced witticisms at all. It's, it's very natural, like dialogue that you would have with someone who you spend that much time with. It's yeah. not, but it's, yeah, it's so perfect for the characters too. And they're so British. Oh, I love it. <laughs> as soon as, as soon as the dialogue started in this movie to go back to the sound design really quick, so loud and crisp like in in such a way that i you normally do not hear movies i thought for some reason that the movie theater just cranked the sound but that's just right. the whole movie is very like focused um audible audio uh, audibly audibly uh, sonically uh, uh, and orally focused orally. Right. Orally. Or, and, and like and it's, it's orally. A, no it's a u because it's ears because orally is mouth ah, orally. orally orally Anyway, and um, <laughs> this has been a language lesson. <laughs> I, I think that that's part of, of the key of the film is that there there is this great music, but when there's dialogue, it lets you listen to the dialogue because there's so many Hollywood films now that play music under every single dialogue scene, mm -hmm. and you know that's like a, a TV crutch too, and it just it doesn't let you really focus and be there, and right. there's such a great sense of of that right. and a focus in this especially film. the first dinner scene when, when oh my um, god when uh alma surprises daniel or er, woodcock oh my and god and <laughs> just, just like the argument they have it's like simultaneously there's like funny things happening about it but there's also really heartbreaking things it is, happening about it is it. like so cruel it's, and hilarious it's such and a tragic tug of and war. pathetic yeah. that's why it, it, that is like the one of like the the first like scenes where like you I really felt like I was about to throw up because yeah. like he's just so it, he's, like, he's being asparagus a bro he, he's being <laughs> such a jerk and saying the cruelest things to her but like also the premise of this argument is so dumb, dumb. Yeah. and also just yeah. like saying like why would you make asparagus and butter when you know I prefer oil and that's like the petty like nonsense I love about this movie it's like him just picking up the stupidest stuff that I could just be like your knife hit the, the plate on that little right. cut. I'm like, how dare you? And like, I, just, I love the thing. He's like, confrontations in the morning can ruin Woodcock's oh my entire God. day. <laughs> like, that, like me. Like if, if all of the corners of my toast aren't like perfectly spread with jam, I was like, this day is ruined. <laughs> can, we, can we talk about like the, the, the facial expressions and the close up? Like just like whenever anybody Amazing. smiled in that movie, like, like the first uh, dinner scene, uh, or like just when he meets Alma and like Daniel Day Lewis's like smile. He's like, "How do you yeah. like your food?" It's just, it's like, it it looks kind of insidious, but also really charming at the same yeah. time. And then all like whenever Alma smiles, it's it's it almost looks exactly the same. Like like the way their eyes wrinkle, even though she's way younger than he is, and it's just. <laughs> It's just like, I don't know, I loved the close-ups in this movie, especially because we're talking a bunch about close-ups in film theory right now. Yeah. I was paying a lot more attention to like the close-ups, and I just think they're so well done, and there are so many like fantastic shots in this movie. And all the, all, I'll say, all, all the, all the, sorry, all no, the lighting good. on the, uh, I said all the lighting on the close-ups are really, really well done, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Jack, you're completely right. I think that the performances in this movie are so great, and Daniel Day-Lewis, Vicky Kripes, and Leslie Paul Manville. Thomas Anderson. Thomas Anderson. Leslie. Oh. Well, like... Oh, they're talking about Leslie Manville. Well, and Leslie Manville. They, yeah, you, you can tell that they really, like, worked and out all these all this tonal complexity that you rarely see in the movies, but what I find so thrilling... I mean, this is the kind of tonal complexity you get in Mulholland Drive and Eyes Wide Shut and Inherent Vice and The Master, where they're... It's funny and it's tragic and every single second it switches tones and just always keeps you on your feet and totally engages every emotion. It's like 
I, yeah. d- I don't even that's that is next level filmmaking. I'm, I'm glad you wrote the Master because that's one that's another film where it's like it's a lot of talking. Right, Master's a lot of talking, and God bless film Seymour Hoffman, R.I.P. And he's one, of, and in that movie too, he's just his 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 tone, his ups and downs. His, he's you know he's this charismatic leader. Are very he's up, he's got very very high ups and very low downs. He's also very he's just all over the place, and and it's great. And that's a, and I'm glad you brought that up as a a good parallel. I don't know, it's it's just. But you're supposed to take him seriously, I think. And I don't think you're supposed to take Woodcock seriously, which you're I think is the, is the, is the key seriously. difference between the two films. Yeah. But I, at the same time, you're kind of like, I feel like you're not supposed to take him seriously, but like just because he's such a high power figure, you kind of like, you're like, am I supposed to take him seriously? And you're like, I feel like he's he's very, he's a very, because he's a very serious man. He And he takes right. every facet of his life very seriously. And that's the one thing I liked about his character is that he's, and that's how you kind of grow with him as a character is he's, you, you kind of get into his routine almost. Like, all right, now it's time for breakfast. Right. Now we're brushing our hair and we're shaving our face right. and all this stuff. And um, <laughs> wow, that's, that's how he shaves. Yeah, it's <laughs> fully honest. Um, well, and, and, yeah, yeah, it's just... I, I, I think in a different movie, like if this film had been like directed by Alfred Hitchcock, then you would be spo- you are supposed to take him seriously. He's very or serious semi-serious man. or semi seriously yeah. at least. But I think this film is like kind of takes that and is more of like a. Um, undoing of like the myth of like yes, the male exactly. auteur the yeah. male artist because like i mean we were me and nate and nate's mom were talking about this at dinner how the only reason uh woodcock is able to do anything is the only reason he's able to like make his art and be like the auteur is because um cyril is like doing all the books for him and almost taking care of him and everyone is doing everything for him just so he can have this like perfectly sculpted world in which he makes the dresses but he wouldn't be able to do that if it weren't for these women around him that were doing literally every single mundane daily task for him yeah to add to the uh mountain of hitchcock parallels <laughs> i mean like he relied on a lot of women in his life too yeah like, like alma reveal which um the character of alma is named after or woodcock like hitchcock woodcock it's not really hard to see it there but like <laughs> alma reveal in his screen in his Cox um, both hitched and wooden and <laughs> his and his um one of his chief screenwriters was a woman too i forgot i forget her name at the moment but um and so I, I like I found that parallel uh, to be interesting too. Like now that you brought that up, I never thought about that before about how like all of these women in his life are um, getting like making his like making his art like successful. It's not all him. Um, and I think you can speak about that with Hitchcock to a degree. Um, but yeah. Like, well, and also he literally relies on women to make dresses for them true. and to like model for yeah. him. Yeah. Right. Like. And the yeah. female characters it's, in Hitchcock. He's so dependent. Films, right. That so. was another thing that I thought was really interesting is that this is a, like, m- many would call it like a male-centric film. Like, the, one of the main characters is a man. It's really about him. But I don't, there's no other male character in the film. Except for the, the doctor who's in it, like, barely. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. But, like, it's all kind of, like, very, I, I, like, I would not say it was, it's like him. a male-centric film, but it does have, like, a man, a male main character. But then because everyone around him is a woman, you get, like, this really, really interesting play of, like, how you really see how women are making his life possible and that he's still a whiny baby about everything that gets on, like, the stupidest stuff that doesn't matter and is totally awful and a jerk and is really manipulative or, like, really, like, influencing and changing the, like... Alma is like the most notably to like fit this perfect image of a woman, not unlike happens in Vertigo. Vertigo. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, 
just go off of the Hitchcock par- parallels. This also has a similar vibe um, to Hitchcock's Rebecca, which is all about um, a similar thing of a outsider of a lower class getting into a prestigious house that's run very mechanically and her difficulties with that. And it's also like a gothic romance, which is what Phantom Thread's obviously based off of, but there's no gothic element really like technically because there's there's no like supernatural mm-hmm. no monsters but, but it like the feeling of it's still there which is so interesting and i don't i'm not sure how he creates that exactly yeah right. but it's it's such a I got great some, like, yeah i got that kind of like almost like a shakespeare vibe yeah it. well i think it's because even though there so is dramatic. no like like uh definite like you know textbook definition gothic like monsters like vampires or anything in it there is like that same dark underbelly it's yes. just not dealing with the supernatural right it's dealing with like poisoning your husband with poison mushrooms so that he gets really really sick and then you can take care of him and then that's how you maintain your quote-unquote healthy relationship right <laughs> there are a lot of red flags that they're not paying attention to <laughs> well and um wait well i was gonna say something what was i was gonna say oh the way this film builds is just so perfect because for oh, the yeah. for, for the first 30 minutes of the film i had no idea where it was going i didn't i wasn't sure why paul thomas anderson was doing this it seemed very seemed i don't know it, it didn't it seemed off but then the way the film just keeps building and building and building to this amazing <coughs> ending and it has all these stops on the way and it just keeps going up yeah like you see like you see i'm sorry to cut you off but you see no, kind of each, each character there's a little like almost like a mini climax you kind yeah. of see the characters kind of build a little bit just kind of more into like who they actually really are like i think when you really kind of see um woodcock's character kind of get into him, himself is when he's first like measuring alma yes into his yeah. process that and, and you, Oh my god, <laughs> that, that scene Rough. almost ended it all. Like, I I remember like just that that scene was happening, and there's like kind of like the the Alma has the monologue, which I okay. Also, quickly, her like early like voiceover monologues were brilliant, yeah. and mm-hmm. were like the first sign that I was like, this movie's gonna be awesome. And that first scene where like he's taking her measurements and she has this monologue and she says something like, I never liked myself, but like, yeah, yeah. but with him, I was perfect or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like at that moment, I like leaned next to the person that I was sitting next to, shout out to Carla. Um, <laughs> and I was like, this film is gonna frick me up. It's like, it's 20 minutes into the film. Like I'm not coming out of this the Alive. same person. I'm, I'm gonna be completely beaten down and I'm gonna have to crawl home. But no, like getting back to my point is like you kind of see him kind of get into his kind of his his kind of like repetitive state where he's like he's doing his measurements very meticulously and she and you kind of see her kind of fight back a little bit with this with the scene you played at the beginning, which I believe is roughly around forty-ish minutes. I want to say forty-ish. I wasn't really trying to like keep track of the time in the movie, um, but um, I'd say around forty-ish minutes in, and then you again you kind of see them kind of grow more intimately and, and then and then there's that great scene where they're, they're taking the dress back from the woman where they're both oh kind of my like, god like, when, they're, when they're when they're at like their peak like kind of rudeness and they're just going in this rip that yeah, thing off of her like they're like a power couple they show up they knock on the doors like we want the dress back standing side by side like a little like yeah. sidekick <laughs> duo and then, like she walks in she's like she can't uh, Miss Rose can act however she wants, but she will not be doing it in a dress by the house. And he's of just Woodcock. like, he's just like, take oh me away. God. <laughs> and then like that's like after that, that's the first time you see them kiss. Like they're just like yes. walking. Yeah. Through yeah. They're, like then that's like one of the like first moments. Like because like before that, you never know if they're actually to get, getting along yeah. well. And then like they when they get separate rooms, when they when they do something like that. They, they, they like embrace and kiss and I think it's like hilarious but also like really cute in a way. Yeah, like, I mean and it's like true for how it, like a lot of times it's not a romantic dinner that like it's to do the next level in a relationship. It's like something weird like that where it's like 
you actually like get me. And even though the getting part here is really weird and mm-hmm. pretentious and baby like on his part, it's like they both think that. Like yeah. she, <laughs> she she gets it. And like I think that reveals a lot about like Alma's character, who yeah. I don't think you're you're not as clear on from the get go. Oh, for sure. Like you're definitely she's, a, like, she's very con- more complex than yes. Him. You, you definitely yeah. So that's that's also like what's so interesting <laughs> yeah, is in that the, like you have this, you know, great male creative and they're like, Oh, what a complex character, but then like you figure him not. out in two seconds. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's so one I don't understand Alma. She's so interesting. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna play we play the grand spot really quick, but we'll be back to discuss as much as we can. Support for CareUI is brought to you in part by The Broken Spoke. They offer new and used bicycles, cycling accessories, and also service all kinds of bikes. They can be found in Iowa City at their new address, 757 South Gilbert Street. For more information, visit thebrokenspoke.com or call 319-338-8900. I want to go back to the uh, the dinner scene really quick. That's a really fantastic scene in the film. And I think it's such a rupture in like the, the control of the film earlier. And, and you, you see some tension building, but that, that scene is cut so much quicker than all the scenes that came before it. And it is so intense and has, um, it, they, they really are, are drawing blood there with their, with their comments. And, and I think it's, it's so great because the, the way that that scene looks isn't the way that arguments usually look in movies. Um, because it, it has the element of like ridiculousness and patheticness Uh, along with like the pain and the tragedy and I think like I I, I said after I said to Molly after the movie like that's what an argument would look like in real life if you actually looked back on the arguments you've had with people where you were really going at it because because you get so mad that at a certain point it's you're not making sense yeah you're just like what where's your gun show me your gun the game the game and then she's like your game she literally says that she literally says that and that, that's 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 a, that's a good it's thing. It's so perfect. And that's it's probably that's, that's giving mad props to the actors too. Because I, oh, I, yeah. I highly doubt that was scripted like that. You know, and that's just and kind of just like, I mean, I highly doubt that they they probably did a lot of takes that scene. I would oh assume. yeah. And then them just being like, you know what? Let's maybe do this scene a little. I mean, let's let's maybe you do like a little more mimicry or something like that. And that's I mean, that's Paul Thomas Anderson. I could see him you know doing that. I mean, obviously we're not there behind the scenes, but. Um, this is direction. Th- th- something that's oh, sorry. Go, Jack. No, I've talked a lot. You okay. <laughs> I have another thing. I think is so, in like this kind of goes into a, like part of why I think Phantom Thread is so interesting and good is that even though the the storyline, the narrative, what it's dealing with is not like a kind of like ubiquitous storyline. Like not everyone falls in love with a dressmaker in the 1950s and like feeds not them poison is, mushrooms is every few weeks. Billionaire or whatever. Right. But like there's still moments like this where like there's like some kind of like human truth being like like uh, depicted through the characters in like because like that's something like we all said about Lady Bird is that like it's so true to life. It's insane. Like I said those exact same <laughs> things but it's not like Lady Bird because Lady Bird's like very like everyday things and this is very not everyday things but you still have the moments where you like yeah that's exactly how arguments work that's exactly how people are that's exactly how like male artists are mm-hmm. yeah no this, this is like a capital m movie for sure yeah mm-hmm. where it's like transcendent of reality but mm-hmm. like in a true way rather than like in a superficial way right. yeah i don't know i saw like that that scene okay jack go ahead oh. <laughs> well no you could finish i just if your comments I saw related, jack. go ahead i mean like mine's like i was gonna go back to the, 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 go back to the what's that noise it's been like i, a shot, shot like, oh. <laughs> I was just gonna go like you know we you see for me watching this I, I, i'm a lot of when i go through a lot I, like i said before i was i could see myself getting very mad at like you know people like scraping their toes like 
<laughs> like knifing the plate the wrong way. And I don't know, the backgammon scene, I was like, that's literally me when I play games with other people and be like, all right, we're done. I'm like, next opponent, here we go. <laughs> I'm like, he's like, you don't even know what you're playing. And he's like, why would you even roll that? Like, I don't know. Oh my God. Like just the pettiness of like, you know, just the com- the competitiveness of, that's, that's a really, I mean, just kind of like that, um, the movie imitating reality kind of there, but go ahead, Jack. <laughs> oh, I, I agree. Going back to like, like another theme I noticed with this film uh, by Paul Thomas Anderson. I was talking to Nate about this earlier. Like, I feel like you could, um, I don't condone the the use of this, but uh, you could watch this movie while under the influence of uh, marijuana. (laughs) Like, like, like you can with like most of Paul Thomas Anderson's films because they're they're so idiosyncratic. And um, uh, it's, I've never done this, but um, it's, they're just so heady. I got yeah. They're they're like they're very. He makes very heady films. Like I mean, like Boogie Nights. It's just like, like the whole atmosphere of Boogie Nights. You know, Inherent Vice. I feel like Doc would want you to like watch Inherent Vice on some sort yeah, of like hallucinogenic. Right. I mean, he's high for maybe a hundred percent of right? the movie. Like and 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 PTA is like a known pot user. I think so. It's just uh, likely. Yeah, likely. <laughs> likely. So I think that there's like a drug connection throughout a lot of his movies, and like Punch Drunk Love, mushrooms. Oh yeah, not to, not to push it too <laughs> mushrooms, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's just and, and Punch Drunk Love is just so is also heady with it's just like sensory overload with the soundtrack Definitely. from John Bryan and just like all the it's very like, manic. Yes, exactly, and then like all like the color like the color interludes and yeah, and so I, I noticed that but yeah. I mean, as you, the listener can probably tell from us endlessly quoting this movie and just rhapsodizing about it and stepping over each other to talk about it, this is like such an iconic movie, right? Like from the get go. Mm-hmm. Like I, and it's I, gonna be a movie. I think that's gonna be overlooked. I, 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 I don't know. It better win Best Picture. That's you all. Think I'm so saying. you think it's gonna win Best Picture? I, I mean, I don't think it will. But I, uh, I, but I honestly, to. I think. I mean, I said this once on the show. I'm like, last year I was not. I was not blown away by a lot of films last year, and this year I feel like. This has been a really, really good year for for cinema. I think so too. They're and like, we're talking. We're, I mean, Jack brought up about beautiful, and like this movie is so beautiful. Yes. Call by your name is so beautiful, and like, and we didn't even touch on like costume design. Oh And yeah. just all the different all colors, his ties, all the different <laughs> colors, and like the whole New Year's Eve scene, all the colors in that scene, and just the different like kind of muted purples. It's just all the colors in this movie are so great, and we didn't even touch on that. And like, I don't know. I, I saw I, I saw this. I'm like, this is just another beautiful film. That's just yeah. like it's a very <laughs> It's not like it's, it's. It's. I mean, it's like a filmmaker's film. You know, it's a, it's a cinephile's film. But it, but it's, like we said, there's also good redeeming qualities that you could you you any you know schmuck could walk into a movie theater and be like, this was good. Yeah. And they, they Schmucks know. only. No, I've <laughs> since I've seen this movie, I've quoted it like Every a day. dozen times a day since I've seen it. And I've, I've never I've looked hungry at, boy. I'm, I'm my, gonna... my Facebook bio, my, my my bio on Facebook is for the hungry boy. That, that's how you know it's a When's good movie. When's that make right? that my Twitter boy, name? What's that part? It's, it's like in the note that she it's gives him. It's the best part of the Oh, yeah, yeah, for the hungry boy. And like, this is, this is a movie that I just will think of at random times in the day and just will burst out laughing. I will not stop for like minutes. This is a movie I am dying to see again. I'll probably see... Five no, times I, in the I, theater. I, like, I definitely, this is, yeah, I definitely go, I'm gonna go see it again. This is immediately like one of my favorite films mm-hmm. of all time. It's just interesting. It's like, yeah, it's one of those films that series like, I'm never gonna look at backgammon the same. Yeah. I'm never gonna look at like people eating dresses. Like, like, food. Dresses. Poison. <laughs> love. <laughs> life. I'm like, I love toast. Like, toast is one of like my favorite. I'm pretty sure my, literally in my Bijou bio is like, Sam is probably eating toast right now. I, I'm like, I love toast so much. And I'll never like think about like, is anyone else like eats toast now? I'll be like, 
what's it like crunch into a piece of toast? I'm like, <laughs> like ugh, the way you're eating this toast is ruining my day. Another thing, like really quickly, we're almost running out of time, is about this film kind of goes in what we were saying before, like how it looks so good. And something I thought was really interesting that I don't know if anyone else had noticed is the way that bodies take up space in the frame was so yes. interesting to me, especially in regards to like women taking up space in the frame. Well, the most, almost every character in the, in the movie is a woman, but like there were parts where the princess of um, whatever, I don't she's know. She's Belgium. Belgium. Yeah, Belgium. She's there and like she's getting fitted for, she's getting her wedding dress and like her face takes up half the frame and it's like closer. And then you see Alma approach and then her face is now taking up half the frame, but like the size difference and everything between Alma's face and her face is really interesting. And then the scene where they're trying to get the dress off of um, the woman oh and Alma, and like you see Alma like looks like absolutely yeah, tiny yeah, exactly. compared to this woman who's just like, is like this mass of like, taffeta and tool and silk that you can't even make taffeta out that it's a person <laughs> like you can't even make out that, that, that it's a person but it's just like this black dark green mass that alma looks like so tiny in comparison to and then later you see alma look really like not huge but like looks a lot bigger than like the princess the so interesting yeah it's, i mean it seems a lot looser than most of paul thomas Anderson's movies but it's still so well made like to every t to a t like the, the mise-en-scene is just so perfect. The camera, like the, the, the place where the, the camera placement is so exact and perfect for every scene. <laughs> One that I was thinking of is the way Daniel Day-Lewis's body looks and, and when he's sitting at the table and she goes out dancing on New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah. That is such a perfect framing of a body. And like, again, and, and again, when he, I know they show us in the trailer when, when the first woman comes out in the dress, his, his like, he's such a gangly guy. I never like realized oh, yeah. that. He's so... He's almost got a very similar like kind of body build like I do. Or, like he's very tall and he's also very very thin. Yeah, and, and his suits are like his suits are very <laughs> very tight and like the way he and the, when he was like introducing, he's like, let's go take a walk. And the way he's just kind of like his body is just like set up is very. And I think you bring up a good point too. And I know we're like oh, two minutes, but um, everything is so precise. But I feel like everything's also not precise at the same time. Like he, I feel like he gives a lot of freedom in this film, but there's some things where he's like, no, we're not gonna mess this up. Right. Yeah, there was one shot in particular. I'm going to go really quickly. Go for like, it. Uh, there was like one shot in particular that keeps sticking with me. It's like when they're eating, um, Alma, Woodcock, and uh, Cyril are like eating dinner <laughs> together. And then like these two women come up to go like, uh, and yes! then like yes! in the mirror. And they're just like talking like through the mirror. And I thought that was framed so well mm -hmm. and so cool. And there were also some really nice long takes that were really well done too. Like, um, like after he falls on the dress and... But yeah, that's, yeah. So uh, I just wanted to quick ask, since we have about a minute left, a uh, very quick opinion. Uh, is the fish from Shape of Water hot or not? No. Very hot. No. Haven't seen it. No. Butterface. I have not seen it. Fish are not sexy. <laughs> all, I can okay, think of, all I can think of is someone to be like, they're like shape. You guys ever seen the I'm a Boss music video, like Lonely Island? Yeah, like a boss. Where he's like, he's yeah. like having sex with a fish and someone's like, Shape what? of Water, and they put a gif of that <laughs> up there. No. Meet a giant fish. Okay, I hate people who go into like the movie with that. Okay, I can't talk about this now. Time, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, but... I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point, maybe. Um, closing thoughts on on Fandom Thread. This is what real filmmaking looks like. This is go a see step it above. and then go, go see, see it again. Yes, I guarantee you multiple Keep times. I guarantee you absorb it and let this, it consume you. This has one of the greatest endings, and we didn't even talk yes. about it. One yeah. of the greatest yes. endings in all of cinema. The the extremely slow pace of that ending and the way that they how unexpected keep not, almost talking and not talking is. No other oh, filmmaker yeah. right now working in America would have the balls to have an ending like that. Mm -hmm. It is unbelievable. 
Bye bye. Well, thank w- you. More closing thoughts. We, you, I, I have no uh, words. Again, go again, see this it's film a great movie. Go, go see, see it. Film of the year. Consume. Let it consume you. All right. Yeah. Thank um. You. Yeah. Have a have Next a good week. one, everybody. See Phantom Thread. And I'm trying to turn it off, but I'm unsuccessful. Three. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to KRUI 89.7. This is Philip Glass, and you're listening to 89.7 FM KRUI, Iowa City.